He had planned his escape with three sympathetic friends who were also members of the King's bodyguard. A horse would be waiting in the trees just outside the theatre. Thus, when Porsenius slipped his dagger between Philip's ribs and watched the king fall to the ground, he had every reason to expect he could flee to safety. The Athenians, in spite of their promises, would surely welcome the man who had slain their hated enemy. All of Greece would rise and proclaim his name, shrines would be built, and perhaps a golden statue would be dedicated at Delphi in his honour. He would truly live forever in the memory of all who loved freedom and justice. Pausanias was therefore surprised when things immediately began to go horribly wrong. His three friends, instead of helping him escape, lunged after him with swords drawn as he fled the theatre. He had almost made it to his waiting horse when his foot became tangled in a vine and he fell to the ground. His pursuers were on him in an instant and quickly slew the bewildered Porsenius. He died beneath the trees at Virginia before he could speak a word. His body was hung on a cross like that of a slave so that all might gaze on him in shame. It is no surprise that historians from ancient times to the present have looked at the assassination of Philip and imagined various conspiracies that reach far beyond the simple vengeance of a wronged lover. Suspicion has centred primarily on Olympias, the mother of Alexander, rather than on Alexander himself, though many would grant that the king's son had ample motive and opportunity. Philip was soon leaving for his campaign against Persia, and had no plans to include his son in the glory the expedition would surely win. Alexander would serve at home as regent, perhaps for years, while Philip increased in power and won the riches of Asia by his sword. The reported actions of Olympias before and after the murder lend credence to the idea that she was involved in Philip's death. She had been urging her brother to declare war on Philip ever since her divorce, only to see her disgrace overlooked when Philip offered the king of Epirus a royal princess as his bride. Some say she then lent young Porsenius a sympathetic ear as he complained of his gross mistreatment at the hands of Attalus. It was absolutely unthinkable, she assured him, that such injustice could go unpunished. When Pausanias revealed his plans to her, the story goes, she encouraged him and even provided the horse for his escape. After his death, stories circulated that she placed a golden crown on his head while he still hung on the cross. When his body was taken down a few days later, she allegedly cremated it over the remains of her husband, and later erected a tomb for Pausanias next to that of Philip. Which, if any of these reports are true, is unknown. But we can be certain that in the months after Philip's death, Olympias struck against her enemies like a viper. When Alexander was away, she forced Philip's young bride, Cleopatra, to commit suicide after forcing her to watch as her infant daughter was roasted alive. Alexander was reportedly shocked by his mother's behavior, but he did not punish her. As for Alexander, we will never know if he was involved in Philip's assassination, or if he had knowledge of the plot and did nothing to stop it. Plutarch records a story that Pausanias came to him after his vile abuse at the hands of Attalus, seeking sympathy and advice. Alexander listened to his complaints, but instead of offering assistance, he merely quoted a passage from Euripides, the giver of the bride, the groom, and the bride. This cryptic line from the Medea, in which a wronged wife plots revenge against her husband, his new bride, and the bride's father, would have been taken by Pausanias as a suggestion to do away with Attalus, Philip, and Cleopatra. 
However, this episode, as so many in the aftermath of Philip's death, may well have been invented after the fact. What we can be certain of is that, guilty or not, Alexander had everything to gain from his father's murder. Alexander performed the duties of a faithful son and buried Philip with all royal honours in a grand tomb at Virginia. Philip's body was first placed on a pyre, then cremated, according to custom, in front of the whole Macedonian army. When the fire had died down, attendants gathered Philip's bones, washed them in wine, then wrapped them in a royal purple robe. The remains were placed in a stunning golden chest decorated on top with a sixteen-point star, along the sides with intricate blue glass rosettes, and on the bottom with the carved feet of a lion. This chest, in turn, was placed inside a stone sarcophagus in a magnificent tomb along with silver drinking vessels, armor, weapons, a golden wreath fit for Zeus himself.